Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Outcast Catholic. I'm your host today, Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. We're excited to be here, coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City, this time from the chaplain's office of Bishop Heelan High School. Father Shane, it's nice to be here in Bishop Heelan. Welcome. This is my first time sitting in this office. Yeah. Well, you're always welcome here. It's a nice, it's a nice building. If anybody's ever driven through Sioux City, you might have seen the glorious new construction of the Bishop Heelan High School. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's gone over since about 2014. I think the cornerstone was laid for the very first phase, the new fine arts mm-hmm. wing. Then they added the academic wing, which we moved into at Christmas time of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then the, the athletic wing was uh, finished after that. So the, uh, the new complex is up and running, and we're really grateful for it. Thanks to all the donors, 71 years of Healing alumni spread out around the wow. country and the world who have all been uh, very generous in contributing to this. Wow. If there's any Healing alumni out there listening... There are, Congrats. Yeah. Go Crusaders. Um, however, that kind of hurts to say Go Crusaders because I'm the chaplain of Galen Catholic in Lamar's. We're the Jays, Jaybirds. And actually, turns out that Galen just beat Helen in a CYO volleyball tournament. You did. Kind of a big deal. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I told one of your students I saw at a restaurant that I'd rub it in your face. So here okay. we are on the podcast. I will, I will humbly bow before your greatness <laughs> yeah, to thanks. all the Galen athletes out there. Right. Helan is a substantially bigger school than, than Galen. So it's kind of a good, good job. So good job. Jay, lady J's as they call them out there. Congrats. The, the volleyball. Well done ladies. Yeah, it's been good. Um, in case anybody's listening to this one without listening to the previous one or whatever. Yes, I have a moped. Stop asking us about the moped. It's a thing. <laughs> you brought it up. I and the listeners want to wanna know. I happen to drive a moped. It gets great gas mileage. Um, I'm saving all sorts, <laughs> all sorts of money. Um, that's that. We're just going to tie the bow on the moped. Um, who knows? It might come back. No, we're we'll not going to tie the bow. <laughs> we're not going to tie the bow. I think that's going to come up often. Every single episode. In fact, I might go find random people, maybe even some non-Catholics around the Mars, and I might just interview them when you're not looking <laughs> and just say, hey, can you give me a soundbite of what you think of this priest running around the moped, yeah. it looks like, those around be, town? As a kid say, those would definitely be some hot takes because oh, yeah. I don't know what the thoughts are. I'm not trying to be a big deal. I'm not trying to become the moped priest, but it just happens to be a convenient mode of transportation okay, for 14-year-olds and me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. You, you just embrace the... Uh, the oddity of your your new moped. Yeah, whatever. Moped, <laughs> schmoped. So we're kind of getting into this podcast now. We've had a handful of episodes. I've been talking to some friends who've been listening, and you know, it's been interesting, especially talking to some young adult Catholics out there, those who might feel a little, uh, little outcast from the church, mm-hmm. uh, from their parishes. You know, there's a great desire to to grow in their faith. A lot of folks have shared that with me, but there's just a difficult understanding of how to pray. Right. Um, I had one of my high school students ask the other day in kind of a Q&A session, they said something about, yeah, how do we, how do we um, integrate our relationship with Jesus and kind of our family and the rest of our lives? Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. I think underneath that was a, just a deeper desire of like, what's a spiritual life even look like? What does prayer even look like? And we've talked in a couple podcasts about different types of prayer. And you mentioned in one of the podcasts, we were talking about praying for your community and praying for your parish. 
sometimes when we grow up as Catholics or Christians, we're told to pray, and we might have experiences of prayer, maybe at church or at mass, or for Catholics praying the rosary, or, or maybe being at a, a funeral and experiences of prayers or a wedding or something like that. But if we were asked to sit down and pray, we might not know what to do. Maybe say Hail Mary or an Our Father, Glory right. Be. That might be it. Um, has that been your experience too with younger people? Oh, definitely. Or maybe yourself. Definitely. I, I look back and uh, I just don't think there's a lot of formation out there historically, but even currently, just to help people pray. Right. And I think there's a, a, a genuine thirst there. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say, well, yeah, I wish I knew how to find God. I wish I knew how to get closer to him, but how do I really do that? And everyone tells me I should go to adoration. So what do I do? Do I just sit there? Am I supposed to just fill the time with busyness, like grab some rosary beads and a Bible and or just read a book or something, burn right? through the pages? Yeah. Um, what am I supposed to do? And how it's remarkable how how intimate people I think strongly desire to be with God. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 desires in their hearts, and yet they have no way, or at least. Perhaps no one's just told them they have the freedom to just say, hey, just go be with your feelings and just pour it all out. Right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't right. have to be real formalized. You know, culturally, I've seen something, too, experience of being in Italy and in Latin America. I think there's, in, in those countries in particular, those parts of the world, there's a little bit more of an emotive experience of prayer. Oh, sure. So you might, you might know, like, big processions or something when I saw that in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. I think I think folks might there might have more of an intuition of what prayer could be. But I've noticed, especially, I don't know, a lot of German and Irish immigrants, that, that's where my family came from, a lot of Irish. Which is very common around the Midwest. Yeah, very common. There's just this kind of idea that prayer is a very personal and private thing. Mm-hmm. You do it, but you don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're at Mass together, but when you pray before Mass, it's just kind of a silent thing that you do. So nobody really talks about it because it's so personal or private. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what my experience in seminary formation has been, especially the past 10 years that I was kind of in formation, um, and I think maybe 15, 20 years, there's been a greater, I guess, movement and understanding in seminary formation especially, which is then I think spilled out into like college, university, student centers and things like that of really trying to teach people how to pray. Oh, definitely. Um, which has been great. It's a huge emphasis in seminary now. And uh, as you would know from you know, your experience at Kenrick, but it's, it's an experience at perhaps all seminaries now, there's a lot of faith-sharing groups that develop, yes, oh, yeah. test groups in which people are just openly sharing the fruits of their mm-hmm. prayer. And it's very powerful because you learn other techniques and other methods and just insights into prayer by, by listening to others. But it's also just inspiring to see where is the Holy Spirit moving uh, and how is the Holy Spirit you know, prompting a, a deeper love and, and commitment in mm-hmm. those around us. And that didn't always happen. Right. You know, I look at, back at the history books at my own seminary where I went and, you know, there was probably 100, 120 seminarians there, and there was one spiritual director for the house back in the 1950s and 60s. Right. And that was very common. And you might meet with a spiritual director maybe once a semester just mm-hmm. to confirm that you're doing your daily meditations. Right. And uh, the, the opportunity to meet with a spiritual director now every two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which has just been standardized for hopefully several decades now in seminaries, um, is leading these men into a deeper uh, accountability, but also uh, a deeper awareness of their own uh, interior life. Right. And the more they can share that with others as shepherds and invite uh, a deeper prayer response among all people, you know, that's going to just be a, a less thing. Right. And what I've what I've realized too is um, 
There's a lot of ways to pray. There's a lot of different traditions that happen. So and we mentioned the rosary and there's things like that, but I was able to go to a monastic college seminary. So they're, they're big on Lexio Divina, which mm-hmm. just means holy reading. And that was beautiful to see really prayer with scripture. When I started discerning the priesthood in high school, a young priest taught me how to start to pray with the Bible, right. which has been really great. But there's different methods of prayer. But what I've been so thankful for is some priests have taught me in seminary, what does it mean to have just a relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And there's all these different ways of praying. What does the reality of relational prayer actually mean? So if God is our Father, and he reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then he wants us to have a relationship with him as the Father, as Jesus Christ, our Lord, as the Holy Spirit, our advocate and guide. He wants us to have a relationship with Mary and the saints and the angels. And he gives us this opportunity, but sometimes it's hard to unpack that. So I thought we could just talk about that today. I know that we've talked about it many different retreats and different experiences, but I found every time I share this, people respond really positively, and it kind of opens up a new uh, understanding and venue of, uh, or avenue of, oh, this is what prayer can actually look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just mentioned a a moment ago of saying there's just a greater awareness of what's going on. So I don't exactly know who came up with this acronym, but maybe you do, but I don't know. No. Anyways. Try me. Some people call this the pirate prayer method. It's kind of dorky. But but it works. You remember it. You remember it every time. Yeah. So people call it the pirate method because pirates say, R, right? right? And the abbreviation is A-R-R-R. So it's just great because it's you a little... you want to get a barrel of rum and do a little impersonation that'd be of Pirates? Great. <laughs> of, uh, of Captain Jack Sparrow from uh, right. Pirates of the Caribbean. Right, exactly. Really good. Yeah, we'll have to do that. <laughs> That'll be in the next episode. So right, stay yeah, tuned. Stay tuned for that. Um, so A-R-R-R is just kind of a delineation of the process of a relationship. Mm-hmm. What's helpful to remember is a relationship with God is like a relationship with anybody else. Right. And we're given relationships with other people in our lives as social persons to have a relationship with God, who's revealed himself as three persons in a community of persons. So ARRR just stands for acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. Right. And it's really helpful because I think I've noticed, especially during this crazy pandemic time of the past six months, uh, there's not always a lot of acknowledging what's actually going on. So we have movements of our heart all the time. We have thoughts, feelings, and desires that are kind of going through our minds and our hearts all day long. But often we just kind of numb those out with social media, with texts, with emails, mm-hmm. with just kind of the, the grind of the day. Mm-hmm. And we're not always aware of what's going on with our hearts. So the first kind of step of prayer is to acknowledge what's going on in our heart um, and to acknowledge if we're feeling happy or sad or if we're struggling with something or if we're excited or if we're hopeful about something. Um, and then after we've acknowledged that, and maybe it helps to write that down, or maybe it helps to just be conscious of that, to actually relate that to God and to speak to God, the Father, to speak to Jesus, the Son, to speak to the Holy Spirit, to speak to Mary or the saint of the day, and talk about what's going on in your life and in your Mm -hmm. heart. And the funny thing is, that's what prayer is. That's Mm -hmm. how easy it is. Mm -hmm. All of the different ways of prayer that the church has developed over 2,000 years are ways of doing that acknowledging and relating. Right. If you even think of the rosary that so many people pray, it's acknowledging what God has done through salvation history, through the life of Mary and, and the saints and through Jesus and through his Paschal mystery, and then relating that to God through the intercession of Mary. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what the Mass is. It's acknowledging our sinfulness, acknowledging God's power, and relating to the Father our prayers. Um, that's what everything can be. But mm-hmm. that, in particular, can be personal prayer as well. 
you can sit down in adoration with some silence and acknowledge what the heck is going on in your life and start to talk to God about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Those, those first two steps of the acronym, just to acknowledge and to relate, just opens up a whole sense of freedom that someone can go to prayer and just be themselves. Oh, yeah. You know, I think they go into the chapel, and granted, anytime you come in front of the tabernacle, there is a sense of kind of majesty that you've just stepped into the very presence of God. Right. And that, that requires uh, a bodily, but certainly an interior response to be in his presence. But yet there also has to be a freedom in which Jesus says, you know, I no longer call you slaves, but I have called you friends. Mm. Well, friends have to have, you know, freedom in their conversation. Mm-hmm. And he really does want us to relate what's going on in your interior life. Of course, he already knows, right? right, right. <laughs> this isn't a secret. <laughs> you know, the God of the universe who has created us, he knows what's going on in your mind. Uh, but the fact that you get to relate that um, and unpack that, you know, shows a, shows a very trusting relationship as one of his children, as a beloved son and daughter, to simply be in his presence and share that, you know, as any child would going before their earthly father right, or mother. Right. You know, and as Catholics can feel, especially those who've kind of grown up with not not the greatest maybe catechesis or instruction and understanding of the faith, it can just feel like a lot of formalized prayers, mm-hmm. saying a lot of prayers. You can feel like Mass is people, you know, the Catholic calisthenics. It's just like a lot of standing, sitting, and kneeling. Or for those who aren't Catholic, when you've experienced Catholic liturgical worship for the first time, you're like, what is going on? Right. All these memorized prayers, Lord be with you and with your spirit, or for those who don't remember, and also with you. Right. And it's just, it's a lot of stuff that you do. And it can seem just kind of like a lot of recitation of prayers. Or when you pray before a meal and you can pray the bless us, O Lord prayer in like 0.5 seconds mm-hmm. um, from doing it your whole life. It's just a, it's just a recitation of words. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't always get down into the heart and become an opportunity of relating to God what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But what I've found in myself is, the more you can practice a real relational experience of prayer with God, the more those kind of ritualized experiences of prayer, which are really important. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that because even if you have really beautiful prayer with God, we do need order in our life, right? So we need these moments of time where we come together as a community and whereas we we become the body of Christ, we become who we are, and we worship God the Father as the body of Christ. That's really important. right? And that ordered experience can be really helpful. But the more that we practice kind of personal prayer and relational prayer with God, the more those more formalized experiences of prayer, or even things like the rosary, can become much more meaningful mm-hmm. and can take on a lot more life and a lot more energy. Right. To sit there and say at Mass, you know, the Nicene Creed that goes back to, you know, the fourth century. Right. And to say those words, I believe. Well, if you're already accustomed to a, a very relational style of prayer with the Lord, then stepping into those formal liturgical prayers are going to be all the more meaningful to say this isn't just a ritualized experience. This isn't me just reading a cue card. Uh, this is me making my declaration of faith in union with all the people that I'm here with at Sunday Mass and in union with all the Christians who have been saying these exact words for 1,700 years. Right, you know? right. <laughs> well, I think I remember this from our uh, podcast about the Liturgy of the Hours, but you know, there's there's a lot of like trends nowadays looking at Eastern um, religions and like transcendental meditation and things like that. And it can seem like, well, why would I have to acknowledge and relate anything? Why can't I just sort of disassociate from my experience and just kind of kind of relax or mm-hmm. all these different apps right now that are offering like calming meditations and things like that. 
and that's good to like have a have a calm thought process. But I remember you mentioned Father Shane about mindfulness, and you said, you know, relating to God and speaking to God is a lot more interesting than just being in our own mind. Yeah, right, and yeah. Well, and it's much not is it more interesting, but uh, it's much more satisfying to go to the source and the origin of all truth and beauty rather than actually escaping from consciousness. Right. As if we're going into this nirvana of this abyss of nothingness to just disconnect with three-dimensional time and space or the reality around us. No, why don't we instead connect with the source of being itself? Right. (laughs) And I think what's so important, and this is all tack on everybody's probably sitting there, what are the other two R's? You didn't tell us what they are yet. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll, I'll cue you in right now. I think it's so important to come to God in relationality because there's something to, here it comes, here's the R, receive. So it's acknowledge, relate, receive. Because God really wants to give himself as a gift. Mm-hmm. Especially today, there's just that, that kind of consumer mentality, even with God and the kind of spirituality. It's like, well, I need a spirituality to kind of calm down from all my anxiety. So I need to just kind of get something out of this. So unless like an experience of church or an experience of prayer doesn't really, I don't get anything. I don't get to take anything away from it. Mm-hmm. It's not really worth it. Well, it's the other way around. God wants to give us his very life. And he wants Mm -hmm. to, we talked about grace in the church. He wants to give us his very life in our life. He wants to pour his love and his life into us, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so, I mean, necessary to come to him in relationship is because he has something to give us. His presence, his love, his his peace, his patience, his goodness, his truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last R is respond. Because any experience of relationship always calls for another response, right? And we do this with our friends all the time. We spend time together, and then we want to plan the next time we can see each other. Um, the same thing is true with God. He pours his love into our hearts, which in a certain way demands our response. A response of loving those around us, loving those in the world, but also returning to God in thanksgiving and returning to him in prayer. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have that opportunity to receive you know, we would always stay at relating, and then it's just us going to, to prayer just to think. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're just relating, well, and we, our minds just, and our mouths just run. Well, God, mm-hmm. this is going on, and this is going on, and this is going on, and I want you to fix this, blah, 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 and I'm relating all this to you because I've got all these emotions, and blah, 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 blah. And if we don't stop, then we don't receive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's okay to, to kind of acknowledge what's going on, to relate that to the Lord, uh, but that th- that uh, that third letter in the acronym, that second R, is just so crucial to actually receive. Otherwise, going to prayer is nothing more than kind of a psychological psychological exercise to uh, just break down kind of what's going on in your own mind, right? Right. Yeah. But to receive the grace, to receive the presence, to receive whatever He wants to be giving us in those moments, it is just so critical uh, to enter into that and do so with a sense of peace, right? So if you're sitting there and you're like, how do I actually pray? Like, these priests keep telling me I should pray more. I, I have an intuition that I should have a better relationship with God. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just say, I want to be a better person. Okay, well, being a better person is fine. But being a better person comes from knowing the Jesus Christ who reveals man to himself. So right. prayer is necessary to be a better person. How do you do that? How do I actually do that? If you have an experience of kind of prayer that you like already— just start to kind of think through these steps while you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's This is not like an exhaustive kind of list of steps, nor is this like a necessary like uh, chronological experience. Like 
this stuff happens, but it's helpful to name these things sometimes so you can have a little bit more custody over this this kind of time of prayer and what you're doing when you're actually trying to spend time with God. Um, and it's organic. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, okay, I spent three and a half minutes on this stage. <laughs> now I'm moving on to the next stage. Right, you right, know, right. there's a give and take and there's a natural flow to those stages. Mm-hmm. But it, this happens for me often. If you sit down and your mind is just filled with so many distracting thoughts and feelings and things like that, it can be helpful to just kind of remember these little steps. Okay, calm down. I need to acknowledge what's going on maybe in my life or right now in my mind or my heart. Okay, now I need to actually relate that to God. But then I do need to pause and I need to receive from him whatever he has for me in this moment. And that's so important because he has his love to give us. He have his, He has his peace to give us into that experience that we're acknowledging right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to respond with either making a resolution to return to mass or to return to him in prayer or to just give a moment of thanksgiving even after you receive communion or that moment of prayer. Um, but I think it can just be really helpful to even write that down in a little notebook, mm-hmm. A-R-R-R, and just to walk through that process. So try it out. Give it a try. If it's helpful, wonderful. Um, and hopefully it can lead you into a better experience of prayer. Well said. It's an easy acronym to remember. Just you know, go to prayer and say, hey, i got to do the pirate's prayer. The pirate prayer. You yeah. know? <laughs> well, thanks for chatting, Father Shane. It's, it's always good to, to be with you. Thanks for coming down to Healing. Yeah, you're welcome. See you soon. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Keep praying. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.